some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Chad Withrow from the Midday 180 in with us, um, which was a delight. Uh, we actually just got done wrapping up like 10 minutes ago. The new episode this week drops right now. We were in with special guest Buck Rising of A to Z Sports. Uh, Avery, how would you describe what we just did in that studio? Well, I feel like our podcast over the last two weeks from Chad to Buck has turned into a uh, dating advice podcast. I couldn't agree more. Um, we deliver much more than sports and pop culture now. Chad told us a great story about breaking up with a girl in the middle of a game. Um, Buck had a little bit of a counteract to that, saying that that's not really his area where he would be the most agitated, but Buck is so knowledgeable, world's best voice for radio. Oh, like, yeah. He's got a great voice. so deep, so stern. Sounds like a strange way to describe a voice, but... You've heard him on here. He's on 3HL on uh, Friday afternoons talking Titans, A to Z Sports. He is so fun. Best personality besides us two. Obviously. He is a close third. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm a- sorry. Close fourth. How could I forget Red Brian? Oh, yeah. Hello. Who weighed in on, yeah. on this week's episode? He did. He had some great Jessica Simpson-esque knowledge to impart upon us. Yes. She is married to... Um, a guy who used to play for the 49ers. And when we asked Buck about that, he was like, you know, I'm not too familiar with him. So we quickly switched over to Tony Romo, who we do know a lot about. Yes. And Carrie Underwood used to date Tony Romo. And now Carrie Underwood is married to Mike Fisher, former Nashville Predator captain. There's just a lot going on in the podcast, but we covered it all. And if you don't listen to it, whenever we get off the air here at seven, then your life is lacking a little bit. He also had something positive to say about the Titans, which seems nobody has anything positive to say about them. But we forced him to give us something that he thinks they're doing well. So if you want to tune in to that, it is now available. Uh, Check out what he has to say, because as Avery said, he's uh, been known to be a negative Nelly. Yes, and to which he said that he is realistic, which I can respect because... A lot of people on air on 104.5 The Zone and sports media in general, it's easy to point out the negatives and the flaws and the holes and gaps and with your teams and with the coverage and with your fans. But you got to find something positive. The negatives, I feel like, only show a positive at some point. Buck tried to find it. We're going to get into the Titans a little bit later, but first we have some breaking news. Um, Melvin Gordon will end his holdout and report to the Chargers tomorrow per Ian Rappaport. Uh, He won't play this week, but he plans to be back on the field with his teammates very soon, which is very good for, uh, for my fantasy football team. I was just about to say it's terrible for mine because just (laughs) 24 hours ago, I dropped him from my team thinking that he wasn't going to come back. So now I have, the third backup for the Broncos to fill his spot because my other uh, running backs have a bye week the same week. So if um, if you have Melvin Gordon benched on your fantasy football team, you should probably swap him out within the next week. Honestly, he's probably up for grabs by a lot. But I also had Antonio Brown on my team, and we're going to get to that a little bit later on. Yeah. I have now dropped him from both of my teams and – I'm hoping I don't live to regret that decision, too. 
Um, so one of the cool things about doing our podcast up one learn sports is that we have a scheduled time to kind of catch up with each other Yes, in, in the middle of the week. So, um, I went to a taping over the weekend, um, that I can't really talk a whole lot about, but here's the general gist of it. If you are in Nashville and you're a Brad Paisley fan, we, um, ABC and Brad Paisley put together a special. They taped it at the war Memorial auditorium. Uh, it's a variety show style show with a lot of special guests across many genres, um, it will air on November, uh, in November on ABC. I believe the general idea of it is for it to become something that's like a regularly, regularly, um, got like tongue tied, uh-huh. regularly scheduled program, uh, on ABC. I wonder if that has anything to do with, um, him not hosting the CMAs because for the last 10, maybe 11 years, it was him and Carrie Underwood hosting it. They kind of became a staple of it, which also happens the second Wednesday in November. So I wonder if since he's not doing it this year, it's Carrie Reba and Dolly Parton. I wonder if this is his team trying to make up some ground. People are used to seeing him on TV. We usually have a uh, sports stars, obviously country music stars, models, anything and everything. It's the biggest country music award of the year. I wonder if his team's trying to make up some ground from him not being on this nationally syndicated show in November Trying to mix it up a little bit. Yeah, I'll bet he turned it down because when I was there on Saturday, I just felt like there were so, – he's been he's been taping a lot of different skits. I can say that. Um, and it looks like there were – he was juggling a lot, and he was also hosting it at the same time too. He has very cool guests. You're going to want to tune in. Partnership with ABC, so think about some, some uh, you know, figures that are tied with ABC. You might see some of those. Some people that he's tied with nationally. You might see some of those people. So it, it was a fun – it was a very fun show. Um, Step one, learn sports. We are in tonight for Jason Martin on the big six. Those Tennessee Titans, they are one and two, oh and two in the AFC South. They have lost the last two games after defeating the Cleveland Browns 43 to 13 in week one, 19 to 17 loss versus the Colts in week two, which was one of the hottest days known to mankind. Also, also the game that caused the NFL to place that temporary ban on pyrotechnics and flame-related effects on the field after one of those flame-throwing boxes. I don't know if there's, like, a better term for that. But I would. I think if you say that, people know what they're talking about. Yeah, it fell over and the whole turf caught, not the whole turf, just a portion of the turf caught fire, like, immediately. Just came up to within a centimeter, I would be willing to say, from the sideline. And if it would have gone onto the field, would they have canceled it? I don't really know what the rules are. I imagine that you can't have fire on the field at any time. So do they have patches of turf on reserve pick it up put it back down Mm. i don't know but it was the hottest day in nissan stadium on record i do believe no one's no one smelled good Um, no one smelled good yeah and i was just surprised that nobody else was trying to get out of that stadium when the fire caught the way that it did i was like the only person that was like we've got to get out of here and everyone else just kind of stayed put and watched it i don't know i would say at that time you're coming off a huge win from the highest rated team in the preseason, the Browns, and it's your home opener against a divisional opponent, I wouldn't have left. Mm, true. I mean, the crowd and the Eddie Jordan, Steve McNair retirement. The, yeah, no one was leaving. Will we see that sort of environment coming back in October when they have three home games? Is we'll, possible. We'll have to see how this upcoming weekend goes. Week three was a loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars, 20-7. to 7. Avery, you were at that game. However, Avery, you do speak for the .00001% of Nashvilleians who are Jags fans, and you had a great time at the game. I did have a great time at the game. Um, yes, I work for Titans Radio. Yes, I am in Titans country 24-7. And yes, I am from Jacksonville. 
Um, if I didn't, if I wasn't bred a Jaguars fan, I don't know that I would choose them as my fandom, but the Titans fans are probably feeling that way right now as Jags fans are. We're happy. We beat the Titans for the first time in three years. God bless. We'll take what we can get. So, We're still not as good as we could be, but we didn't beat the Titans, but the Titans beat themselves. We played true. a good game. The Titans played a bad game. I felt it was very sloppy. I mean, I think I made a comment at one point. And I was like, well, at least Marcus is throwing the ball. Not completing it, but he's throwing it, which a lot of people have said. Like, he doesn't, he holds on the, onto the ball for way too long and doesn't even throw it. So he does. there he goes. He throws it, but nothing was really completed. He does. And people are calling for his number. They're calling for Vrabel to make some decisions and put Tannehill in. He is still sticking with Mariota. He said his, he's got, he came all preseason, even into his games right now, that Mariota's his guy. He will change it when he sees fit. But until then, there's no talk of Tannehill. So what was the vibe like in the stadium for that game? Like, did you feel like when the Titans got there, it was you knew automatically the Jags were going to win just because, like, the energy was so high? Do you think that also kind of contributed to it? I feel like that can be, like, a very intimidating factor for a team that's on the road. Yes, on the road and a night game. The Jags and the Titans are notorious for playing that Thursday night game, whether it's in Nashville or in Jacksonville. I don't know why the league and our owners continue to do that to us, but we're always a color rush Thursday night game against each other. Um, it was rainy. NFL Network was there. That's where the Thursday night games are broadcasted, but it was bumping. I mean, the Titans lost to a very good Colts team, beat the crap out of a very overrated Browns team, whereas the Jags paid $88 million for a Super Bowl MVP quarterback. He broke his collarbone. He's out. Two of our other players are out. Jalen Ramsey, three days before, demands a trade. Which seems to be a very common theme yes, these days. Yes, he is still on the team. Um, Shad Khan, owner, wants to keep him. He has an issue with Tom Coughlin, who is the director of football operations. Um, we'll see how that plays out. He was back at the facilities today, but it was everyone going into that stadium was hype. Titans fans were like, we beat the Jags for three years in a row. Why not beat him now? Notoriously, Mariota and Derrick Henry have their best games of the season against the Jags. And it's notable that Derrick Henry's from Jacksonville. Notable. He's from Yulee, Florida, which is not two miles north of Jacksonville, Florida. He's been this size since he was in high school. I watched him play. He's just a year younger than me. He's been this big since he was in high school? Yes. He hasn't been this muscular and built, but this tall and this just... I don't even know the right word. workhorse. Like, he will pound through you, and he did it to 110-pound guys in high school. He did it at Bama, and he's doing it here, given the chance. But I don't know what's going to happen with the Titans. So, ironically, did you say you're from the same home- hometown as him? Or you went to high school with him? He played against my high school. Played against your high school. So, your kicker. Yes, Josh Lambeau. Josh Lambeau. I went to high school with him. His brother was fr- good friends with my brother. He's a soccer player. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went into like the junior Olympics when he, I think he missed his freshman year of high school. Um, and he went into play pro and went to play for another country, came back. So he was a soccer player at first, which I feel like that it's, it's not unheard of that that happens. Um, but yeah, great guy, great family. Um, yeah. From, uh, the Northwest suburbs of uh, Chicago. A lot of soccer players do come from, or I'm not a lot of soccer players. A lot of kickers come from soccer backgrounds and most recently, there's a lot of rugby players coming out of Australia, coming to American colleges, being punters, 
kickers, kickoff kickers, if they don't use the same one for both teams, it is it's insane. And the style of punt that they use is kind of hard to predict where it's going to go as a punt receiver. Yeah, it's they're definitely breeding them for that. So um, the the game against the Jaguars on the Titans side was very sloppy. It, I, I've heard a lot of people, um, they're now, they've like lost faith in their team. Everyone, um, they're they're frustrated with Marcus, uh, with Lawan. I'm kind of curious actually going into a road game. Um, we've got Atlanta coming up this weekend. How fed up are you? You know, how fed up are you with this team? Um, if you were a player, you know, kind of begs this question. If you were a player and you were on the Titans team, we just talked about how Jalen Ramsey um, requested to be traded. Would you rather stay on a team that's below average, or would you rather join a rival and win a title? Kind of begs that question. My thought, I have two different answers. One, if I were a player, I think that I would rather join a different team. However, as a fan, I think that that's like turning your back on on your team, on your hometown. Like, I, I feel like, I don't think if anybody, if it got down to it and we literally asked all these Titans fans who are complaining about um, the team, I don't think they would ever say that they would jump ship to another team. Like, I don't think they're going to say, oh, on Sunday, nope, I'm so fed up with the Titans, you're going to hear me cheering for Atlanta. Yeah, and I um, I can speak to this from a Arkansas angle because Arkansas and UT are being trolled as the God's worst gift to the SEC. They should play each other. Loser leaves the SEC. But I didn't stay an Arkansas fan this long just to leave now. Like, I'm used to them being trash. Why would I leave? But as a player, I do agree. I think that if I'm not surrounded by what I think I should be surrounded by, that would make me a better player and let me win championships. I'd think about it. 615-737-1045 or on Twitter at S1LS podcast. We'll be taking your answers. If you were a player, would you rather stay on a below average team or join a rival team and win a title? Our Titans at Atlanta conversation continues next on 104.5 The Zone. Zone. Lawan, we're curious. How fed up are you? If you were a player, would you rather stay on a team a little below average, or would you rather join a rival and win a title? We've got Bill from the borough on hold. Yeah, um, I think we're confusing a player's loyalties with what a fan has. Um, you know, these guys come from all sorts of colleges around the country. They're not, you know, necessarily Titans fans. They get drafted by the Titans. The average player plays for three years. Unless they've been on the team for a while, I don't think they care about rivalry. They just want to win and get paid, number one. So I think they're interested in the paycheck first, uh, winning the championship second, and then I think team loyalty is maybe fifth or sixth down the list. These guys are professionals. They're they're playing for a living. I, I don't think they got too much time for rivalry. I think they'd rather get paid. Bill, I couldn't agree with you more. I definitely have two separate answers. Uh, like you said, as a player, it's my livelihood. So if uh, if I have the chance to go play somewhere else that, that could get me maybe a little bit more money, a little extra bonus or something for my family. I mean, it's it's the same thing with a job. If you don't feel like you're, if you don't feel like you're uh, set up for success at the job that you're in, most likely going to be looking for another one. It's the same thing when you're a player. But as a fan, I've got my teams. I'm loyal to my teams. I don't see jumping ship just to say that I am the fan of a winning team. I think people forget that they're working. 
Like we forget. Yeah, I don't that... blame them at all. I don't blame them either. You you have a great point there. But so Jalen came out about a year ago, maybe when we the Jaguars announced that they would not be extending his contract this season. They were going to wait until the end of it to go through all of those negotiations. But he said he wanted to play for one team his whole life. He wanted to retire a Jaguar. He loved that idea. And then he gets into a spat with the guys making the calls, and it's not the kind of scheme he wants to be running. So he's going to remove himself from the situation, find him a team that's going to let him play the kind of defense he wants to play, and it's going to fill his pockets deeper than he ever thought they could go. Um, Coming up, Titans take on Atlanta Falcons, who are one and two. The Falcons are a four-point favorite at home versus the Titans. ESPN Football Power Index gives the Falcons a 54% chance to win. The Falcons won the last contest between the two teams uh, back in October of 2015. It was here in Nashville. They won 10-7. to You've got your quarterback matchups. We've got the case of Marcus Mariota versus Matt Ryan. So here's a couple stats. Uh, in the last three games, Marcus Mariota has 706 passing yards. That's 20th in the NFL. He has a 60.9 completion percentage, 27th in the NFL. Four touchdowns, zero interception, interceptions, but he has been sacked 17 times, which is the most in the NFL. Matt Ryan, 928 passing yards, fifth in the NFL. 72.4% completion percentage, fifth in the NFL. Eight touchdowns, six interceptions, but only been sacked five times. See, Mariota thinks that since he is not throwing interceptions, he's doing his team some sort of favor, but he's holding on the ball too dang much that he's on his back, don't even get a chance to throw an interception. I think that's a lot of people's issues with him and his quarterback right now, like, Get rid of the ball. If you don't get rid of the ball, all you're doing is taking a sack, which is putting us back yards. At least try and throw it. Let your let your wide receivers work. Corey Davis is fantastic. He can create space. You just have to work on your progression and find him. I'm curious about what you think about this. Um, this game against the Falcons will be the last game without Taylor Lewan. Uh, he was suspended on July 24th for the first four games of the 2019 season for violating the NFL's policy against performance-enhancing substances. Avery, do you think that it'll make a huge difference with Lawan back in? Do you think that we're going to see less sacks on Marcus? Do you think, like, do you feel like they're the dynamic duo, or do you feel like does one's um, position beget the other more? So does Lawan is is Lawan being in there going to make Marcus play that much more? I would not say that they're a dynamic duo. Luan is great at his position, one of the best. That will help, but all it is going to do is buy Marcus more time to decide not to throw the ball and not follow his receivers across the field. So you think it's not going to make a difference? I don't think it's going to make a difference performance-wise, but what Luan brings to the team is exactly what Daniel Jones did to the Giants over the weekend. He went in that huddle and said, let's effing score, and they ran down the field and scored. Lawan fires up that team. Mariota, we've talked about very Mahalo vibe, very Hawaiian Island vibes are his thing. He's not outspoken. He's not fired up all the time. Delaney Wonker being back helps. He's been in the league for a very long time. He has a lot of perspective 
on how to motivate this team, but still a a character and a personality like Lawan, that's what's going to hopefully be the difference that this team needs back because I don't know that anyone has it within themselves to step up the way that he does. You know, it come to think of it, this just kind of popped in my head. So with Lawan coming back, Lawan is notorious for, I mean, he's got his podcast. He's totally a character. He did the whole boss hog thing when he accepted mm-hmm. his uh, contract. Um, Mariota is more kept to himself, not on social media. When he's doing interviews, he's very calm and composed. Not that he dances around the questions that people ask him, but he says, yep, you know, we'll get him next time and doesn't actually answer it like extremely direct. Um, Are you a fan of players having such a direct insight into maybe their lives and the way that they view things like Lawan having his podcast? Do you think that's a good thing for him? Do you think it like puts a a good vibe out there for him as a player or the Titans as a player? Like, do you think that paints a a good image? Um, I like the podcast. I think that it should be off season only. I think that it adds some distraction to the team. I mean, midday when eighty got into it all day today and they were getting lit up on Twitter saying that they don't think Lawan should be podcasting even while he's off for these first four weeks, which I agree with. Keep that in the off season. Um Russ from Clarksville has uh, something to weigh in on Lawan. Yeah, I just uh, and thank you guys for taking my call. Thanks for calling. Uh, you know, this is the first time I've listened to your show, and I'm excited so far. You, you girls, sound great. Hey, thank uh, you. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, I've met Taylor Lawan in person. Uh, just had some interaction with him. I'm a 26-year military vet up here at Clarksville. Um, I don't know, you know, if per se Taylor is going to make an immediate impact by coming back, but what I can say is I think that it's going to get it. You know, I hope it give gives Marcus some peace of mind. I don't know that that's going to make him hold on to the ball less than what he's doing, but. For God's sakes, we we need an answer for sure. And I, I can only hope that Lawan coming back may and whatever shift in they, they make in the line, the offensive line, make some difference for the Titans as a whole. And I'll hang up and listen to your comments. Russ, thank you so much for calling in. We really appreciate that. Um, yeah, I agree with you. Right off the bat, do I think it's going to make a huge impact? Like, are we going to be like, wow, this was the missing piece? I don't think so. But do I think it's going to add some energy and a fire to the on-field um, presence that they have? Definitely. And Marcus might even feel more comfortable knowing that Lawan is out there protecting him. Maybe that removes some of his anxiety, stresses, thinking that as soon as he turns away, someone is coming for him. Maybe it eases his mind a little bit and he feels more comfortable going through his progressions of receivers or taking the ball himself. Like he's so good at doing, he can focus on that and not be afraid that the second he gets the snap, he's on his back. 615-737-1045. Do you think that Luan is going to be the energy that we need? Are we going to notice that he's back here in the first game um, that he comes back after Atlanta? This is the Big Six presented by Renner's Warehouse. Our conversation continues next.
So I'm Brittany Wench along with Avery Harder. We have been talking about the Titans per usual. Uh, Luan, this is this weekend is the last game that the Titans will be playing without Luan down in Atlanta. Is Luan coming back going to be a huge factor? Is that going to be the ticket to what the Titans have been missing? 615-737-1045. We have Charlie in Franklin to weigh in. Charlie, you are on with the big six. Well, you you kids, um, my, you're too young to remember this. But many years ago, the great Johnny Unitas had a guard named Big Daddy Lipskin. And he got offended by the money that Johnny Unitas was making, and he didn't feel like he was making enough money. So he purposely would let people, let the uh, the defense get in on, on, on Johnny. And they lost two or three games in a row, and then Baltimore figured it out. And then I think suspended him or uh, put him, I think suspended him for the year when they found out, and he literally admitted that he did it. So in a way, one guy can make a big difference. Now, I don't know if, if one way or another, but I did know that, that that happened back in the earlier 50s, I guess, when I was a young man, but I remember hearing about that. So that's, you know, maybe maybe LaJuan could make the difference. You just never know. That's my comment. Charlie, we appreciate the call. I definitely think he's going to bring an energy back, especially after being not playing for four games. That's what he was just talking about, though. That's malicious. I feel like when Le'Veon Bell was holding out, Melvin Gordon on his way back has been holding out. Zeke was going to hold out. He wasn't doing that so that his team would lose without him. Like, yes, he wanted them to see the value in him, but... This dude wanting his quarterback to get hit, that's just... Yeah, that's, that's, that's very malicious. No one... You don't need that sort of energy locker room problems on your team. I'd kick that dude as far off the team as possible. Chris from Nashville, you are on with the Big Six. How are you guys doing? Hey, Chris, we're good. How are you? I'm good. So I, I've kind of sat back and listened all day to people talk about this whole Taylor the One podcast thing and, and here here's my here's my take on it. Uh number one, nobody's talking about this that the Titans are two and one or, or three and oh. I, I just think that our society as a whole now has gotten uh a little sensitive to what um athletes are doing in their own time. Listen, I understand Taylor the One suspended, I get it. But at, at the end of the day it, you know, as we've heard on the podcast that he's actually training every single day um, so that he can come back strong. I just I think we're being a little too sensitive to what he's doing on his personal time. Uh, and, and again, I understand he's making millions of dollars, but I, I just think that everybody saying that he shouldn't be doing a podcast while he's suspended is a little overboard. If he's taking the steps to to make a to be a solid player when he comes back. Chris, you bring up an interesting point. Um, I am with you in the sense of what people do in their free time. However, I think that the technology that's available to everybody nowadays, podcasts, Twitter, Instagram, you are able to see into these people's lives. They show a side of themselves that, you know, 20, 30 years ago, these athletes didn't have that. They may have had the same type of um, energy and, um, you know, personality that players of today have and and figures of today do but it's just it's an interesting dynamic to add 
in sports and in entertainment that now you're getting to see um, them as more of a, a uh, an entertainer instead of a, just a sports figure. I, I, it's an interesting, uh, I guess, dynamic that, that 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 it brings to sports now. Yeah, and I think they're not talking about it. I agree with that. If they're two and one, not at the bottom of the vi- of the division. Going into this last away game, knowing there's three home games in October, I don't think they're talking about it. But the fact that they're one and two, last place in the division, and one of your former captains, one of the highest paid players on the team, highest paid player at his position, is coming back. You want that peace of mind to know that the only thing on his mind is being on that field in Nissan Stadium uh, not this Sunday, but the next Sunday, and that he that's the only thing he's thinking about, and he has no distractions. And people think that he's giving himself a distraction by still doing the podcast. That's kind of like what they said to Antonio Brown, like just play football. Yeah, do your job while you're in season to do your job. Let it be. Brandon from Brentwood, you are on with the Big Six. How are you? I'm great, guys. How are you? Good. Hey. Thanks for calling in. I just wanted to say, well, like you guys said, we're one and two right now. We're last in the division. And if Taylor Lewan didn't come back right now, we're looking like a six and ten team probably. And so with him, when he comes back, this is basically Marcus's last chance to show what he can do for us. And if not, he's not under contract anymore, and he's done as a Tennessee Titan. So Taylor Lauren, he's probably going to come back, and he's going to make a big deal. I think he's going to do a lot more than most people say that he's going to do because he's one of the best left tackles in the game. And if Marcus continues to struggle and get sacked nine times a game, then the quarterback next year is going to be Justin Herbert or anyone like that from the draft. I'd agree with that. Mariota needs Lawan to be at his best better than he's ever been to help secure a contract renewal or extension or whatever it's going to be called at that point for next year. Cause he's right. Come January, potentially February, if all the right things fall in the right places, he's done as a Titan unless he finds a way to produce over these next eight or nine weeks. David from Dixon, you're on with the big six. Guy's coat, just kind of ride this guy's coattails. Now, I'm kind of on the Joe Burrow bandwagon, but uh, yeah, Taylor coming back definitely ain't going to hurt anything. But uh, podcast should be done in the off season. It is what it is. Um, as far as making uh, an impact, I think we're going to see an uptick in our penalty yards. But um, you know, hey, look, if I'm Brable, I'm giving Saffold a bus ticket home after that performance Thursday night. Just saying. Um, anyway, tighten up, go Titans. Thanks, David. We appreciate the call. Yeah, I definitely feel like, you know, just as much as Marcus needs this for performance-wise, I, too, think that when Lawan comes back, if he doesn't come back with some kind of something to prove, some kind of, hey, I am a fire, I am a force to be reckoned with, I think there's going to be, a, as upset as everybody is about um, the Titans' performance now, I think it's going to be even more like they're going to feel even more defeated at that point. I hope he doesn't come back with this mentality that – they need me more than I need them because having a coworker essentially or is what they are with that mentality, knowing that the Titans have to have him integral part of their offense. If he thinks that way, he's going to underperform 
and he won't bring that energy that everyone knows that he's capable of, and it's just pertinent that he does it. So hopefully he's in the right mind space, knowing that he's going to come out there, work his butt off, and secure his spot at that left tackle position. Not that anyone's given him a run for his money in the last four games, but now he knows it's his it's his to lose, and it's his to prove that he is one of the most important parts of the Tennessee offense and the Tennessee culture. Step one, learn sports is in for the big six. Our conversation about Lewan will continue next. Harder. The Tennessee Titans are one and two. They are 0 and two in the AFC South. They've lost their last two games after defeating the Cleveland Browns 43 to 13 in week one. They suffered a loss in week two against the Colts at home. 1917 suffered a 20 to seven loss against the Jags in week three. We face the Atlanta Falcons this weekend in Atlanta. They are one and two. It is also the final game where Taylor Lewan is out, who was suspended on July 24th for the first four games of the season for violating the NFL's policy against performance enhancing, enhancing substances. Our conversation has been with this being the last game that he's out and everyone being as frustrated as they have been with the Titans and Marcus's performance and with Luan being out, with him coming back, is that going to make a huge difference? Are we going to see, is this going to be the ticket? Is this going to be the answer that we have been looking for? Our phone lines are lit up, 615-737-1045, or you can hit us on Twitter at S1LS Podcast. Isaac from Beth Page. You are on with the big six. Hello. Hey, Isaac. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? We are doing great. Thanks for calling in. Well, here's my deal. I don't believe just because Taylor Lewan's coming back means anything about the Titans is going to change. Look at the last three seasons. Nine and seven, Taylor Lewan was on the field all three years. The problem with the Titans is from the left guard, all the way to the right tackle needs to be replaced. You need a new quarterback and a new backup running back. Taylor Lewan can't help the whole line. And that's just how it is. So until they shore up them positions, Tennessee's going to be what it is. And I'll leave it at that. Thank you. Thanks for calling, Isaac. How do you replace all that, though? I mean, free agency and the draft, obviously, but those are major, major, major positions that require working together as a team. Like if you take someone from the Rams, someone from the Giants, Patriots, Seahawks, and Dolphins, one from each, put them across the O-line, you don't know that that's going to work. Right, and what Isaac is talking about would be like a couple years of a rebuild. We're talking, this is is the I-440 construction is what he's (laughs) talking about right now. Um, we, our phone lines are lit up. We're going to try to get to as many callers as possible. Jamie from Franklin, you are on with the big six. All right. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Of course. Um, actually I'm, I'm, I'm similar to the guy that just, uh, called it's, you know, the old thing, um, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me. And Marcus has worked with Taylor for four years where, I mean, Regardless of the whole O line, Taylor coming back is not going to <laughs> miraculously fix everything. What I don't understand is why we don't, you know, everybody says that Tannehill and Marcus are essentially the same quarterback. They both are, you know, prone to being hurt and these things. But, you know, there's so much analytics 
know, it's only a third of a chance you can do worse. And I think what he does bring is quicker decision-making. I think that's Marcus's biggest issue. You know, he hangs on because he, he doesn't either make reads quick enough or something. Um, but but we got to throw something in there different. I'm, I'm not sure what it is, but I'd like to see some changes. So, all right, I'll listen. Thank you. I want to know if the coaches are going into this last game in Atlanta, if their mindset is Marcus still plays rough, but they're still going to give him another game after that with Lawan being back before pulling the plug and putting Tannehill in. Yeah, I've wondered that too. Like, are they just kind of holding their breath for these first four games and be like, look, whatever happens, it we can't necessarily take this and hold him to it. Let's wait until Lawan comes back and then make our decision. Yeah, I, yeah I'm curious. I'm curious if you if that's what they're thinking. Um, Josh in Smyrna, you are on with the big six. How are you? Hey, I'm great. Ladies love the show. Um, just want to say a couple things. One, I'm a huge Patriots fan. Got family up in New England. You know, when Brable came here, I thought, you know what? He's going to, he's going to Belichick this thing. And I'll tell you, he's, he's starting to get in that right path. I mean, we've got a few pats, you know, we got Butler, um, We've got uh, Lewis, you know, I think, uh, I think Vrabel can get this team back on track. Um, I will say this, you know, it's not looking too good for Marcus, you know, and look, everybody's up and up, you know, it's just, this is the third game, right? I mean, this division, everybody knows the AFC South is an open division almost every year because you're competing against the Colts, the Texans. Jacksonville, you know, this division is wide open. Um, Mariota, I don't think that he's going to be the guy. Of course, everybody's saying that. You know, I I listen to Withrow and Midday and everybody during the days, and uh, it's the same thing. You know, every every day, everybody's calling in, talking, well, I don't know them Titans, man. They just got to do this and that. It's like, come on, you know. So my point is, Mariota, just because they if they bench him and they put out Tannehill for a little bit, I heard I heard them say, Well, you know, that's it. You can't go back. Of course you can go back. You can always go back. It's about seeing what works and putting in what fits, right? So I believe just uh, man, put him out there with the first team. Give him a try. I mean, the guy did some work in Miami, you know. Um I'm not saying he's going to come in and take them to the playoffs, but you know what? If you if you don't try, you're never going to know, right? Uh, just want to throw that out there. Um, hear what you ladies say. Have a good night. I I've, I've, I agree with you. I mean, they can pull Tannehill out. Doesn't mean they can't put Mariota back in. Tannehill is a proven starting quarterback. I don't think that Mariota's proved much since he's been here. They haven't gone past the second round of the playoffs. Neither has Tannehill. He's never played a full 16-game season. Honestly, I have no idea what the coaches are thinking. We only know as much as they're saying. I don't. I think Tannehill comes out against Atlanta if the first half looks like how the last three games have looked. I totally agree with you. This is not to say that he is not a great person, a great leader. However, I just don't think – I'm surprised it's taken us as long as it has – you know, three games in for us to be like, is he to be as frustrated as we are with him? Oh, man, we wish that we could have gotten to so much more. We had so much stuff we wanted to cover. These hours go by so quickly. Uh, This has been step one. Learn sports in for Jason Martin on the big six.
Thanks so much for tuning in on your drive home while you're at home making dinner. Yeah, if you're in Atlanta this weekend, don't forget the Road Rally Buckhead Saloon Saturday night with the Titans. Javon Curse is there. Everyone will be there. Vol calls up next. On